Welcome back to the Music Buzz Podcast, the podcast where we talk music, pop culture, and current events while we get buzzed. We're your hosts, Lauren Brumley and Justine Avila. All right, fam, today we have a special episode. This is a fun one. We already kind of spoiled what we're talking about today. Um, but before we get to that, Jay, do you want to uh, begrudgingly tell the people what we're buzzing on today? I'm not going to begrudgingly do it. I'm going <laughs> to probably do it. We're drinking beer's beer. And by that, I mean a Miller Lite and Mick Ultra. Mine is affectionately the Ultra, which I didn't know their tagline was the superior light beer. Have to agree. I appreciate it. <laughs> and I do agree. Um, you know, it only comes with... 2.6 carbs in 95 calories for Skinny everyone else. Love it. Um, how's that Miller Lite treating you over there? Honestly, it's pretty fab. Like we're just a couple of gals drinking domestic beers on purpose. <laughs> and that's just a little bit about us. You know, I mean, it's part of the theme for the evening. That is true, actually. I didn't even think about that, but that's so true. Do you want to tell the people also what our theme is for today? Well, with that intro, we are doing a deep dive into Mr. Kanye West, specifically his first debut release as an artist, which is The College Dropout, which came out in 2004. So come with us on that journey. This album was most people's introduction to Kanye. It definitely was my introduction to Kanye. Do you remember the first time you heard him and was it a song from this record? A hundred percent. And I saw him actually perform this record live, which I mentioned on a previous Buzz episode. Um, I know I talk about it a lot, but it is literally one of the best shows I've seen, especially as Kanye. So you saw this record. Like, where was this? I probably was buzzed when you told me, so I already forgot. So (laughs) tell us again. It was, you remember this because I think you interned for them, but Dancing in the District in Nashville, Tennessee, 2004, I was still in high school. I went to Tower Record, got the album when it came out, listened, picked up like five of my friends because that's what you do. You go to the Wendy's, you bump the record, <laughs> and then you go sneak into Dancing in the District because I think it was like 18 and up and we were not 18. So we just slipped in the back gate and it was Kanye West in his signature pink polo with a popped collar and a Uh, backpack and a DJ just rapping this entire record. And I have never seen a crowd move like that in sync to a new artist. Literally to this day, I've never seen anything like it. And it is one of the most memorable experiences of my life. That sounds incredible. I have FOMO even from like, however many years later that I wasn't there. Did you, do you remember what song you heard first of his or how you found out about him? Um, I believe it was all falls down. Uh, and I yes. think I actually heard it before the record came out. Cause I think that was the single that they were pushing. So I remember like watching, uh, what was it? MTV, like yeah. top 10 countdown. And it was always Kanye all falls down. And then right after that, It was Jesus Walks, and everyone was like, what? Like, we're not going to sing, like, a song about Jesus, like he says in the lines, in the lyrics, uh, up in a club. You know what I mean? But it was, like, such a catchy song. Everyone was playing it and stuff. And that was, like, one of the first and, like, last times. I remember, like, dropping what I was doing, and I was like, oh, I have to go get this CD. I have to go buy it. 
back in the days when we bought CDs. Well, that was the only way to hear it. But yeah. I was like, I have to listen to this on repeat. I think I was kind of the same. I first heard, I think I heard All Falls Down first. But then I remember seeing the Through the Wire video because they had some kind of special either on MTV or VH1 where they talked about his accident. And it, I think that was like, we'll kind of get there. But that was like the story that drew people in. So they were sharing that. Right. I think he might have been an artist you need to know or something like that on VH1. I think so as well. But I just remember the All Falls Down video was like on repeat on all of yeah. those stations. And it was like, okay. Who is this guy? But it's so weird to think about now that that's how we used to discover music was seeing the music videos on MTV and VH1. And now that's just not even a thing that exists, really. Right. And like also motivating you to like go physically do something and purchase something. Right. I can't tell you the last time I like went to a store to be like, oh my gosh, I have to have this. Right. I mean, I buy records, so I kind of do, but like I order it online. It's not an exciting experience right. of like I have to be at the store, yeah. get in line, the whole shebang. Exactly. So before we dive in for a little track by track or track overview, um, we need to set the scene here because I think it's very pertinent to why this record was made and when it was made and kind of Kanye's debut as an artist. Which, do you know the story, Lauren? Not really. Not really. I know that he was producing a lot mm -hmm. up to this point. I know he was working with Jay-Z. Hova. Hova. Yeah. So, I mean, that's essentially the gist of it. He was signed, I think, as a producer on Rockefeller Records, but was not signed as an artist and was continually getting shut down as an artist, even though he was, like, the number one hip-hop producer at the time. They just thought... You know, it was, I think I was reading that it was more like gang and gangsta rap and that wasn't really Kanye and his style. So they were just like, no, this is not going to work. Um, and eventually Rockefeller Records came around to signing him because they didn't want to lose him as a producer. So they were like, if we just don't sign him as an artist, then that's it. And we're going to lose him. And he's our number one producer. So he ended up like getting a deal. I think that was in 1999. And he spent four years working on College Dropout. That's crazy. And he had released like, I guess, mixtapes before. Mm -hmm. And I was watching an interview with him early, early on. And he was talking about kind of what you were just saying about how he was such a good producer and people loved his beats and were like going out of their way to track him down to get his beats saying, I'll pay you whatever to give me your beats, but you, we don't want you to rap on it. Right. And he said a lot of people were giving him grief about wanting to take the artist route. And they were like, why would you steer away from this thing that you're so good at? Like just stick with being an amazing producer, making bank roles being an amazing producer why do you want to do the artist thing and he literally said I didn't always have hot beats I practiced and I worked on it and I figured it out and he was like now that's what I'm doing with rapping I'm not starting out as an amazing rapper but I'm getting there and I'm creating my own style and then when I do work my way up to create my own style I'm going to be as amazing of a rapper as I am a producer because I'm going to do it in a unique way right which Spoiler alert, he did. Yeah, I mean, it was quite the debut album for him as an artist, especially with all the accolades. But that was kind of the start of it. And I think, you know, once he got that record deal, there was kind of no going back, especially 
he was spending four years and in typical Kanye fashion, I was reading about like he just kept tinkering with songs and yeah. re-tinkering them. Um, I think at one point too, most of the album was already leaked and he then replaced not replaced the songs, but edited them once again. So the leaked versions were not the versions you got on the CD. It was just very Kanye. True. Yeah, and true. which is so funny because that's what he just did with Donda. He still works that way. Right. Exactly. <laughs> which is funny. And I feel like a big going back to sort of what we were talking about with the through the wire thing. I think a big catalyst for him creating this record was the accident that he got in that caused him to have his jaw wired shut for six weeks. Um, Supposedly he was leaving the studio late at night in a rented Lexus, which I just thought was a funny tidbit. And he fell asleep at the wheel and had a head on collision. And it, I guess he hit his jaw on the steering wheel and it literally just shattered yeah. Which as a rapper and someone who does that as your job sounds like the worst possible thing that could happen to you. <laughs> but then he had reconstructive surgery and wrote through the wire. Yeah. For, and for reco- wrote and recorded that song with his jaw wired shut. Which is like insane it's to insane. think about. But I think you're right. Like that gave him kind of a point of pause and probably directed the album as well. He also said he was really inspired by the miseducation of Lauren Hill. Oh, um, so record. yeah, he was listening to that nonstop and his mother was a professor too. So I think he had this almost like intellectual approach to the album that was unique from this like gangster rap that you were hearing like East Coast versus West Coast. So I'm going to mess you up. Yeah. Kind of thing. It was like more street knowledge and that's like Kanye almost had more book knowledge. Yeah. And that kind of goes into the theme of, I mean, college dropout. And I think he talks a lot about not letting society tell you what you need to do. Obviously, like he comes from a home where his mom was educated, but a lot of people in their community didn't necessarily go to college and maybe took different paths. And he said in an interview with MTV, when he was talking about the name of the album, he was like, I'm just trying to like explain to people you need to make your own decisions and don't let society tell you what you need to do. And like people told me to stay in school instead of creating music and blah, blah, blah. And I thought this line was funny. He said, I listened to John Mayer and his song. No such thing is exactly what my philosophy is about, but in different words. Yeah. Which is weird <laughs> that Kanye is quoting him, but I also know. makes sense because they're like friends and have been featured in interviews together. Like since the beginning, such a weird friendship. Totally. Um, but I appreciate it. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think just like style wise, this album was different and unique because overall kind of going back to what you were just saying, he talks a lot about sex, drugs, rock and roll kind of, but he also talks about serious issues and his faith and religion and like what it's like to be a black person in America and a lot of different deeper things. And so it was very different from what a lot of other people in rap and hip hop were doing at the time. And he kind of was an outlier. And that's why this album, I think stood out so much at the time. A hundred percent. And still really. So let's jump in. Let's jump into the tracks. So, this album is not by any means 
short or devoid of skits. Yeah, and there's that's, so many. Uh, there are so many. And that's how it starts out with like an intro skit, um, which I thought was interesting because now I think albums try to do that and I literally skip over them. But yeah. when this came out, I remember being like, oh, this is amazing. Like, this is funny. And I love it. But now I I don't know. I'm just like, yeah, don't waste my time on this. Yeah. On streaming platforms you're never going to listen to the intro obviously but it does set the tone for the record it's a little silly and funny but it's also telling you what you're going to be talking about in the next song and coming songs so it's well done it's basically a guy i don't even know a guy from a school Mm -hmm. asking him to write a song for the kids or something yeah and that's kind of like the theme going throughout the album is this guy kind of narrating with kanye or to Kanye. And then I feel like it, he opens with a perfect song, We Don't Care. I love it's this song so, so much. good. And the like chorus part with the kids, the harmonies. Yeah. It's Try so. Just to get by. It's so, so good. It's so good. And it's really smart to, I think this is one of several songs on this record that are kind of satirical, I guess, if that's the word you want to use. Where he uses the kids to sing about drug dealing. It's just like basically like telling the youth, like, you know, you can take many different paths. That's obviously one that some people end up going down. Is that the goal? No, but it's just kind of like, he's using that as like a shock value kind of thing. Like these kids singing about drug dealing. You're like, Whoa. And it's like a happy sounding song. Right. It's like a good juxtaposition, I think in, in the actual song. And it, Again, it's interesting how he takes that theme and almost makes it like this happy song. The actual content of the song could be interpreted almost in a sad way. Yeah. If you think about it, you're like, oh man, this is like depressing. Like as a society, we've let this get this bad, but he's like, this is kind of like what it is. Yeah. And I feel like this is a little reminiscent of hip hop of the early 2000s where like a lot of songs were very sing-songy and happy sounding, but were about serious stuff. Like, remember City High, What Would oh, You Do? Yeah. Oh, 100%. And, like, everyone was singing along to it. And I remember my parents being like, do you know what they're talking <laughs> about in here? Because yeah. this is, like, not a, like, get ready to go out with your friends kind of song. Not a feel-good jam. No, it's not. not at all. Even though the melody is super happy. Right. It sounds good. It's fun to sing along to. Speaking of singing, Keisha Cole is singing background vocals on this song. Crazy. Queen. Love her. I mean, that's also, I feel like, one thing we should bring to light is all of the vocalists and writers that he has on this album is kind of insane for a debut album. Yeah. And especially, I guess, it comes from his producing background because otherwise I don't think on, like, a new artist, unless you're signed to the label, like, of course, it makes sense that Jay-Z's featured on there because he signed to Jay-Z's label. But other than that, like, everyone else, it's pretty insane like from you know common to jamie fox to Ludacris, like everyone's featured yeah but what's interesting too is some of it's like a chicken or the egg situation where they have they're huge names now obviously jay-z was huge before this but there's some names as we kind of go through that are huge names now that weren't then and so you're like That's did fair. they blow up because of kanye or or were they already kind of on their way up and kanye just got in at the right time kind of thing Kanye would say he he blew them up. Of course, which he did to some of these people, which <laughs> I guess we'll get there. 
But that kind of leads us into our next one, which is graduation day, which kind of, kind of speaking of John Legend is singing on this song. No one knew who John Legend was at this point. And also John Legend at the time, like knew Kanye, I think through a cousin randomly while he was working at a consulting firm, like a very fan McKinsey and co or Bain consulting and was writing songs at night. Like what a crazy story. That's such a crazy story. And now John Legend is like arguably as big of a name as Kanye. Maybe not quite, but close. So I really, this song is just kind of whatever to me, I have to say. I I don't like, it's not my favorite song, but I appreciate it. Yeah. I guess is my point on it. And it pushes the narrative forward. So graduation day, obviously, you know, we don't care as the kids singing about, you know, ditching school to sell drugs and graduation day is like this is the start of the chapter what's next what are you doing next right so it just kind of moves the story along but it's not that remarkable compared to the rest of the amazing songs on this record it's not necessarily my favorite i agree with that but then you're hit with like a banger 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 alert all falls down is the third song fourth track on this record which i didn't know was written with lauren hill well, going back to him being a fan of Miseducation of Lauren Hill. So something that I learned in researching this record, which I didn't really have a clear understanding on before, is there's a difference between using a sample and an interpolation. So an interpolation is, so a sample, you're taking a clip of a song and right. working it into a new song. An interpolation is when, for example, you would sing the exact same melody as another song, but you're not actually taking a clip of that song and using it in the new track. So you would sing along the same kind of melody as a Lauren Hill song, for example, which is the case with all falls down. So Um, she isn't uh, like a full writer on this. Right. She did not know that. Yeah. She gave him clearance to use her song mystery of iniquity. Wow. Yeah. Which there's a lot of on this record. So that's like a fun thing to have learned. I feel so much smarter having known that. So I hope you all do as well. (laughs) Me too. And I feel like maybe PSA to Olivia Rodrigo. That's like, (laughs) no, but like she's doing that. Yeah. What is it called? What's the word called? Interpolation. Interpolation. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So you learn something new every day. I mean, so all falls down was you're educating me. Get it. You educate me all the time. Oh my God. Drop out. (laughs) Don't drop out. <laughs> or if you do, you'll still learn some stuff on the Music Buzz podcast. Um, so All Falls Down was the third single from the album. And this is the one where I feel like a lot of people really started paying attention to it, Kanye. And this is kind of what we talked about earlier. But the video for this was huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, massive video. I just remember seeing it everywhere. And yeah, you couldn't get away from it. No, I literally have in my notes, I remember seeing this music video on MTV and I thought this song was so catchy and the video was interesting and I really love, so the feature on the song is Selena Johnson. It's not even a feature. She's just the the woman singing on the chorus. The melody of that part, which is the Lauren Hill melody is so catchy and like it gets stuck in your head and I love that part. This is still one of my favorite songs of Kanye's. Oh, same. To this day. But also, like, to have the mind to reimagine the Lauren Hill song in that fashion, I, like, I can't even go there because my yeah. mind doesn't work that way. 
what and I think we've talked about this on previous episodes but you have to have such a vast knowledge of all kinds of music and all kinds of records to even have the know it all to choose these songs to sample right it's like he essentially his mind is a music library yeah which was probably reinforced as a producer sure because he was like okay we could do this here here and here on all the different records he was like working on especially if he was using samples yeah it's like the same kind of thought process as to why like diplo so good right because he used to like um hunt records like at these random record stores when no one cared who he was goals that's what i want my life to be <laughs> same so this song is about the struggle with insecurity and materialism and it kind of fits in the whole narrative of this album because it's about success like if you want nice things you have to be successful and in this song he's kind of going even deeper like why do we have the desire to want nice things and why is that what proves our worth as human beings which is a very deep subject matter for how (laughs) gorgeous the song is and like fun the song is concurred (laughs) No, I mean, again, I think it's like what Kanye is doing throughout the entire album is taking these very serious topics and making them these fun, happy, upbeat things. But if you take a second to pause and think about it, you're like, oh, wow, this is like a reflection on society. Yeah. And some of them, some of them are satirical and some of them are just straight up deep, you know. So going along to our next song, I'll Fly Away. Did you check those, uh, those songwriting credits? Yeah, it's like a gospel hymn. Oh, do you know who the songwriter is? Albert uh, E. Brumley. Well, is he my relative? Yes, he is. <laughs> oh, I didn't like know where you were going with that. I was like, <laughs> yeah, of course I have it right in front of me. He is like my great, 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 great uncle or something. Wait, really? Yeah. My aunt who's really... So should you be getting royalties right now? No, like totally. <laughs> <laughs> do we need to like... But I don't like... Do check? people get, Do people get royalties from classic hymns like probably not you know i mean they should they should you need to check the estate (laughs) so um my aunt who was like fully obsessed with our genealogy and family tree did the research and like traced it back to like legit he's like a great 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 uncle or something so is this like um what is it in like uh shoot what's the term like common domain or whatever yeah so like he could he use this without permission or like probably did your estate have to give permission i don't know that's a good question wow so but i feel here's the thing with these hymns and this is why i think maybe they don't require that because they print these in hymnal public domain that's what i'm thinking of. i'm thinking maybe they are who knows hmm but that's like my fun facts that I tell everyone. <laughs> so essentially you're a Kanye co-writer. Okay. I'm putting that on my LinkedIn page <laughs> as soon as possible. <laughs> New Insta bio. <laughs> no, a hundred percent. Wait, that makes me, I think I should just put like a vague Instagram <laughs> bio and be like co-writer on track like five on <laughs> college, on drop college dropout. Check it, it out. It makes me think of there's this guy I follow on Twitter who I like met at a, an event like uh, several years ago. And in his Twitter bio, it says Time Magazine's like 2003 person of the year. And I'm like, what? It's like, that is so cool. And it was me. Yeah. Meaning you. (laughs) Yeah. You let go and it's like you, Uh, which I thought was really funny. But that's what I should do with this I'll Fly Away thing. But this is one of the early inclusion of 
his gospel influences. He's using a hymn. He's talk. It's a song that's like very clearly about faith and like what happens to you when you die. And it's pretty short. Like, I don't even think it's the whole song. Yeah. I mean, but it also like going back through college dropout now, like some of the stuff Kanye has released later doesn't come as a surprise. Cause I'm like, right. Oh, of course. Like Jesus is King. Like Kanye had all of these gospel influences way early on. Yeah. And I think it's hard to remember that sometimes because he's gone through so many different eras and his style has evolved and changed but a lot of what he does is still exactly the same it still holds up so the next song is spaceship again another sad one yeah i mean if you actually listen to the lyrics it's it's pretty sad it is and there's a few interesting notes about this song first of all the chorus is one of his first songs where he was ever singing Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Because um, usually he was just sticking to rapping, but this is the first chorus, I think, that he had ever released on a song that he was singing on. And then I thought this was interesting. I didn't know he used to work at The Gap. Yeah. <laughs> and so this, he has a whole verse in the song that says, let's go back, back to The Gap. Look at my check. Wasn't no scratch. So if I stole, wasn't my fault. Yeah, I stole, never got caught. They take me to the back and pat me, asking me about some khakis. But let some black people walk in. I bet they show off their token blackie. So he's talking about what it was like working in a corporate kind of environment as a black guy in clearly like a very white washed kind of store. But it's very ironic because now his collab with Gap... <laughs> It's literally full circle for a, a lot of these songs, right. which is crazy to think about like in a lifetime too, because we touched on it, I think on the last episode, but he wore the puffer jacket for one of his Donda listening events and the puffer jacket like sold out immediately and is selling for like $800 online. I'm going to be honest. I kind of want one. Yeah. You want the red or the black one? <laughs> I want the blue one to be honest. Oh, I haven't even seen the blue one. Oh, it's like a special color blue that like they've never. Oh, it's a special edition. Yeah, totally. I so, kind of want one. I'm not going to lie. I mean, again, I think it's just a, like his diatribe, if you want to call it that, on society. And I think it's just a sad one, even though it's very realistic. I mean, that's what, you know, black people were going through at that time, especially him as he was working. Um, and I don't know. I just this one, I feel like embodied sadness a little more for me as like a lay listener i don't know why maybe because the melody wasn't as upbeat as some of the other ones so i was like oh this is like actually kind of sad and him even singing on it i don't think his voice is perfect which i think makes it almost like sadder in a weird way if that makes sense yeah. it wasn't like drake's smooth beat it was very vulnerable yeah that's a good way to put it um yeah. but you know, again, and I approached the album being like, oh, this is going to be fire and bangers. But then when you really get into it, you're like, oh, man, this is like pretty sad. Yeah. Um, a last interesting thought about this one is it was supposed to be his last single from this record, but he had already written and recorded uh, late registration. So instead of releasing it as a single, they had to start promoting the new record. So it kind of got gypped a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And I think it has like has a track sample too of like a Marvin Gaye song as well I think um which is just interesting again yeah. love um, the Marvin Gaye reference everyone loves Marvin Gaye 
Yeah, but I mean, for Kanye to have that like vast knowledge again, and I think this was one of the songs that probably because of the Marvin Gaye sample had like a million writers on it. And yeah. I remember looking at it being like, oh, well. Right. Which is really confusing when you don't realize there's a sample. You're like, wait, what? yeah, exactly. Um, and then we come to, I mean, I would say this is like the number one song on this album that everyone identifies the album with. Yeah. Do you agree? A hundred percent. And I would say like arguably one of his most popular songs Correct. to date. Yeah. Um, and that is Jesus Walks. And I just remember the line. It's like, you know, they say I could rap about anything except for Jesus. But next time I'm in the club, everyone's screaming out, Jesus walks. And like, yeah, everyone does scream it anytime the song is played. Um, it's almost like uh, the uh, White Stripes, Seven. Seven Nation Army. Too much beer. <laughs> no. But you know what I mean? Everyone yeah. knows it and knows when to scream. And right. that is insane. It is. And it's, I think at this point, he's kind of writing about his issues, trying to take the artist route with wanting to talk about this kind of subject matter. And he's like, okay, so all these other rappers can talk about murder and like prostitutes. Guns, sex, yeah. lies, but, video But tapes. I talk about God and you won't play my song on the radio. My record won't How? get played. Yeah. Huh? Which is stupid. It's such a weird, a weird. But then he almost repents for it. Like when he's like, if this takes away from my spins and then eventually it takes away from my in, then mm-hmm. like hopefully it'll take away from my sins. Ooh, and I'm like, so good. Kanye, yes, but also you've sinned a lot since this record. <laughs> <laughs> a whole bunch. Yeah, I'm not trying to judge over here, but we've been through a lot. Uh, <laughs> but again, I, I also just think like, again, the theme of the song for this being like one of the most popular rap songs is pretty incredible. Yeah. And this song he performs, I think I read he's performed this on every tour he's ever done. Like, this is a staple. Like, of I course. Mean, I feel like it's also like a vendetta. Like, True. hey, you guys said no. Like a big So F-U. watch me play it every single tour that I sell out for the rest of my life. Yeah. Basically. I would too. <laughs> but going back to him, like, sinning a whole bunch since this record. Like, the whole point is that Jesus walks with people of all walks of life because there's different verses talking about these different people who are going through different things and he's just saying you're you're like welcome in this too basically exactly yeah like we're all in the same boat together also this song got him a nomination either yeah i think a nomination for best gospel artist at the bet awards i don't get gospel vibes he wasn't a gospel artist but i guess the song you know was churchy i mean it did have jesus (laughs) yeah right jesus And what I like about this song, too, which I think is, if I heard this now, I'd be like, that's kind of cheesy. But at the time, it was just cool. But, like, the vocal percussion, like the bum, 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 bum. It's all, like, voices singing that. It's kind of cool and unique. Love it. Love it. Also, he made three music videos for this song. I did not know that. So there was, I forget the whole story. There was, like, one that the label had him do, one that he paid for out of his own pocket, and then another one probably that the label paid for, but he had these three different visions that he just had to. And w- if I remember correctly, I think the one that he paid for out of his pocket ended up being the one that like n- was on MTV and on everything. Of course it was though. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, just to prove a point. <laughs> but obviously this song has had a huge cultural impact because 
it was one of his earlier songs that like merged both the like darker sides of hip hop rap with the religious kind of side and talking about faith. It's, it's the first song of his, I think that like definitely made radio talk, like merging those two things together. Yeah. And so that's, you know, still to this day, like now, now tons of artists do that, but it just was not a thing that happened at this time. So next one we have is never let me down, which I feel like was a big song in and of itself because of the features too. Big features. Yeah. Yeah. I mean with Jay-Z and <laughs> Jay Ivy. Yeah. I don't really know about Jay Ivy. Do you? No, I don't. Um, I feel like, I guess dumb not knowing who he yeah. is, but I guess he's a spoken word artist. So, yeah, but I remember like scrolling through when I bought the record and being like, oh, I love Jay-Z, so I'm going to like pop this song on first. Yeah. And I listen to it. I love this song. Oh, me too. So, it's interesting though because I was reading about this song and the reaction to this song and apparently, so throughout the song, basically, Kanye, Jay-Z and Jay Ivy each have their own verse and they each kind of take on their own meaning, which, which normally is what happens when you have multiple artists on a song like this, they all would take the premise of the song and write a verse with their own story or their own meaning or like what, right. What they interpret that to be. So, you know, Kanye takes never let me down to talk about his family and the people in his life. Like these people have never let me down. They never will let me down. Jay Ivy is talking about God. He's like, God will never let me down. Before he wrote his verse, he like prayed and like the verse came to him. And then there's Jay-Z who comes in and he's like, I'm never letting y'all down because I am the <laughs> boss in the music industry. And so I was reading all these criticisms where apparently people were like, he like completely missed the assignment. <laughs> I love that and didn't know that. But it's very Jay-Z though, right? Yeah. I mean, I feel like he had to, but also like it makes sense in the context of their relationship because like Kanye always used to say Jay-Z would be like, yo man, like tame it down a little bit, like calm down and like, we'll get there when we get there. And like Kanye was like, no, I want to go. I want to go. I want to go. Yeah. And he was like, all right, little brother, like kind of like big brother, little butter, brother, butter <laughs> relationship. And that makes sense that Jay-Z gets on here and is like, I <laughs> first and foremost, I'm going to tell y'all who is really the boss. Here, exactly. So. Exactly. Um, and I think a lot of these songs, maybe not a lot, but several of these songs he, Kanye originally wrote or started writing for Jay-Z and maybe they were songs that Jay-Z just didn't cut. And so he would use them for himself, but then have Jay-Z like feature on it. Right. And Which makes sense. I think this is one of the songs, too, that got, like, such a significant amount of traction, but was never released as a single. Yeah. Which is a surprise. Which again. is, yeah, it is a surprise. I watched this video that Complex shared. Is Complex a magazine? Mm-hmm. And they do Complex sneakers. So, they Sneaker shared this apps. video. Oh, love this. Did you see that Billie Eilish is going to have um, new... Uh, Nike Airs. What? She's doing a collab. Is she yeah. the first female artist to do a collab? Ooh, maybe. They look fire. I want them. Not going to lie. Oh, I look Anyways. Um, but Complex shared this video of Kanye in the studio with Pharrell. And he's playing this song as he's right. Like, 
either as he's writing it or right after he wrote it, he's playing the song for Pharrell. And when it gets to his verse, Kanye like live, like wraps it in front of Pharrell and Pharrell literally, as soon as he finishes his verse, Pharrell freaks out. And he's like, are you kidding me? Like that was so amazing. Like freaks out, which is really funny. Cause it kind of made me think about when, the Maggie Rogers video because Pharrell was also there yeah. and like kind of freaked out too in yeah. the classroom. I love watching his reactions to good music, but like he's clearly someone that people like to run their material by. Well, yeah. And then I mean, any RD hello. Huge. Yeah. yeah. Especially at that time. Huge. Um, but it's a really cool video. Highly recommend watching it. Uh, you can just look up like complex Kanye West for real and you'll find it. It's really good. And honestly, I just feel like Kanye's flow is so fire. Yeah. I mean, it's just like the way he phrases things. And I like, I also like the little like interludes. I don't know what it's called. Like, it's not a chorus, but I get up, I get down. And then like throughout the song, like a refrain. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like always kind of like that motif, kind of like the bum, bum, bum of Jesus walks. And you're like, oh, wow, this is like a reoccurring theme in every song. Well, that's what makes it catchy is because it's something that's repetitive that you remember. Like you listen right. to it one time and it's in your head. Totally. But the verse that Kanye rapped for Pharrell, which is my favorite in the song, which I do just think is so well written, is where he says, but I can't complain what the accident did to my left eye because look, look what an accident, accident did, did to, to left, left eye. eye. First Aaliyah, now Romeo must die. I know I got angels watching me from the other side. Basically being like these other like, you know, huge artists have died in these tragic accidents. That was almost me. That could have been me. But for some reason, I'm I'm still here. here. Yeah. Yeah. Like it gives me chills. It's so good. I mean, and that's, yeah. I feel like it's also a testament to what like Kanye can do. Yeah. When he's in it. I mean, even still now though, like his flow is just unique. There's something about it that's like, I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. Like it's just so pleasing to my ear to hear like his rhythms and like (laughs) i don't know it's just so good he's got earworms for days he really does also just last final note pharrell and kanye both look the exact same as they did in 2004 so that's just a little fun fact (laughs) kind of i mean i feel like kanye's aged a little bit pharrell has actually pharrell is actually benjamin button no he goes backwards kanye looks a little different but like not much you know like between 2004 and now compared to how different i look (laughs) like okay maybe i'll share the complex video on our instagram or like a clip of it i'll try to remember Ooh, i love that Ooh. okay next up get em high i this is one of my favorite songs is Be- it yeah because i can rap the entire song oh love it can you demonstrate no i'm just kidding <laughs> throw 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 your hands okay <laughs> Wow. I got flow. Yeah, for the first <laughs> first verse. Um, no, but it's this song is so catchy to me that I just fell in love with it. And I know it's like a random one and like I don't know if I'm saying his name correctly. Talib Kweli. Yeah. Yeah. Like Kwale. They call him Kwa <laughs> on the on the tracks, but like I love him. I don't know. And I love Common. Yeah. It was just like a sonically pleasing song and i played it on repeat and now it's one of my favorite songs on the album that i can rap so that's my fun fact about it but in terms of like the actual content of the song 
wasn't anything special. I thought yeah. it was like guys being guys. It's like, a stoner anthem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like talking about hooking up with girls. So I was like, yeah, yeah, this is like a college song. Sounds about right for three dudes, but they all are, I mean, obviously three amazing artists. So like their verses are obviously going to be catchy. This song is like a little too repetitive for me. Personally, I love it. But I need, I need the repetition. It's still good. But. In my life. Then next we have workout plan, the skit. Oh first. my God. Also like I will randomly be in places and be like, I got a double wide and I rode a plane, rode a plane. plane. <laughs> I love it. Oh yeah. Like, and I also remember like loving the skit when it came out. Like me and all my friends would be like, you got that workout tape girl. Yeah. No, it's like it became a sensation. Truly. It was so good. And the song is so good. I mean, oh. it blew up. It was massive. So, well, I guess we'll just go ahead and get into the new workout plan. The song. This is also one of my favorites, yeah. which is, I feel I like mean, it's weird, but I just have, always it was a it. single though. Right. I think so. Yeah. I, I think, think it so. was. Um, and I just remember everyone like singing it and like, especially at the end when they're like all of the different girls coming in Yeah, and they're like, I, well, the God. video was so iconic. It yeah. had Anna Nicole Smith and like all these features in it. These like random right. cameos. That's the word. And it was like back in the day when the videos were the biggest thing oh, yeah. almost to promote the song that you were like, oh, if the video was iconic, then the song would yeah. be great. And this song is another like satirical one. It's kind of funny, but also kind of sad if you really think about it it's about like how society convinces women that we have to do certain things to be like acceptable or like pleasing to a man like we need to work out so that we can get an NBA player and but also like working your way up in society as a female like not going to get an education it's like go work out so you can marry a rich guy and this is like what you can do and you don't have to live in a double wide anymore yeah like yeah, I think there's like the physical, but then there's like the educational aspect behind it, which Kanye plays both of them off. Right. And also fun fact about this song, John Legend wrote the part at the end that, which is honestly my favorite part. It's like, that's right. Put in work, work, move your ass, ass go, go berserk, eat your salad, no dessert. It's get that man. You deserve such a bop. But so he's not featured though. He's not featured, but if you look at the credits, his name is John Robert or something. John Stevens. Yeah, that's him. Stevens. John Stevens. But so this song was later sampled in Workout by J. Cole, which is another bop, by the way. Um, you definitely have heard it and know it. Maybe. I'm not a big J. Cole fan. Don't don't light me on what? fire. We'll talk about it later. I don't want to talk about it right now. We're having I a know. friend break up. <laughs> We're having a friend break up. Don't at me no but work i'm not i'm not necessarily the biggest j cole fan i like i like some of his stuff workout is like one of my favorite songs of his mostly because i love the new workout plan and it samples that but because he sampled that john legend is also a co-writer on j cole's song because he he sampled that part which is great um also apparently this song has been criticized as not fitting in with the rest of the album which i just don't really agree with maybe sonically but yeah, I feel like it's also very much in keeping with, like, college-age, like, yeah. girls. Yeah, and the whole themes of success and different right. paths in life. and A hundred percent. I think it fits in perfectly. It's such a bop. I will never forget the music video, and anyone who doesn't like it can suck it. <laughs> and that's how I feel. <laughs> well, they do reference that. <laughs> 
True. So it's interesting to me that like the sequence of events of the tracks here, because he goes from new workout plan and then right into slow jams. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah, we go from like a high high to a low low. Exactly. And Not like, a bad low, just like a slow low. Like, where are we going? And I also love slow jams. I think oh. Jamie Foxx's voice is literally like just like room temperature butter that you can just slice into. Oh, yeah. I right? have so much to say about slow jams. It's another one of my favorite songs. But it also sounds like a Twista track, right? Well, so it is. I mean. So basically, I forget what the whole story was, but whoever worked on A&R worked with both Twista and Kanye and allowed somehow with the label allowed them both to put it on their records. So it's cut on the Twista record and on Kanye's, which is very unusual. Usually. Yeah. One or the other. Yeah. Which is just interesting. But it's it's so unique in that both of them it's not really like one artist featuring another they both really are featured on it you know yeah evenly to me it definitely just sounds like a twista track like vibe yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. even like the beats and stuff if that makes sense i'm like oh yeah i could like see that yeah so this of course samples a luther vandross song which is fitting because the whole song is it's a slow jam about slow jams so it's like, t- it is, it's talking about it's stacked. the slow jams, like the Luther Vandross and the Marvin Gaye and da, 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 da. It is. <laughs> wow. Exclusive performance. <laughs> no, it's so good though. You know, I mean like, yeah, I, I feel like in a weird way and I know I'm like stating the obvious, but slow jams, the song embodies slow jams as a it song. Does. It perfectly embodies it yeah it's an ode to 90s slow jams 100 correct also this song was kanye twista and jamie fox's first number one fun fact okay also i watched some videos and like got the tea on jamie fox and this is kind of an interesting story which you probably know some of this but so jamie fox was on joe rogan's podcast which we're just not going to get into our feelings on Joe Rogan. <laughs> I'm not a listener of the podcast personally, but I saw that he was on an episode and I listened to this clip of it. But back in the day, so Jamie started out as an actor and he wanted to get into music. So he would host parties at his house and invite artists over, but he would make them perform for him at these parties. And so then he had a studio in his house. If he liked you and thought that you were talented, he'd be like, let's go collab like right now. Oh, wow. So bizarre. Also, a little bit desperate. Not going to lie. But so then, I'm sorry, I'm already interrupting. But like Ed Sheeran, I think, crashed on his couch. So like, was he? He probably invited him over and was like, perform for me. And then was like, are there unreleased Ed Sheeran and Jamie Foxx collabs? Like maybe in the basement somewhere? Honestly, probably. I would not be surprised. Wow. So allegedly, Jamie said that he had Kanye over and he was like a kind of I didn't really know who he was. Like I heard everyone was like, this guy's the shit. He's the next, you know, up and coming thing. You got to listen to him rap. So he makes him rap for him at this house party. And Kanye raps some like freestyle verse. And Jamie was blown away. And he's like, let's, you know, collab. So Kanye's like, actually, I have this song, which was slow jams that I think you would crush it on. And so he like sings the chorus to him. He's like, got some Marvin Gaye. Luther Vandross and 
he's like, I want you to sing that part. So Jamie is like, okay, I just like did my own thing on it. I was like doing runs upon runs. He like totally changed the melody, (laughs) like did the whole thing. And Kanye just goes, uh, don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, this is a hip hop song. It's not an R and B song. Just like sing it how I told you to sing it. Wow. But also on brand for Kanye. Like good. So on brand. And then it's like, that's the melody. Kanye's melody is what's on the song and it is so good it's just perfectly simple if it was too but overdone, now I want to hear Jamie Foxx's version yeah I mean I don't know he like sang the little riff of it on the Joe Rogan podcast but I don't know if that's necessarily what it was that he was singing or if he was just you know giving an example but I just thought that was very interesting so um he had Jamie sing that melody on the song Jamie was like this song is not going to be a hit, like whatever. And he said he left to go film what he calls quote unquote, a bad movie. Who knows what it was. And when he was done filming the movie, the song was a number one and he didn't even realize how crazy that was happening. Yeah. And so the, the whole reason, like he was trying to get into music by having these artists come over and to collab with them or whatever. And so this is the first thing that worked out for him. And so he, that this like sent him into the realm as an, a musical artist but then is this why he got like the ray charles charles role for sure yeah i, I mean, mean that was like a not too too long after but a little ways after but, but like i mean he had to sing yeah like this is definitely the beginning of that journey for him for sure also the line got a light skin friend look like michael jackson got a dark skin <laughs> friend look like michael jackson is so iconic i know like also yeah some of the stuff they say in this oh. record in general i'm like I don't know if you guys could be saying that. No, now. they say the R word like five times. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. I and it's like, like we don't wait. we don't say that word. You know, the olds still do, but we're like <laughs> normal people don't say that word anymore. Wokes is still don't. <laughs> we do not. But <laughs> the olds. <laughs> but Twista's rap. First of all, Twista is so talented and. Like, where did he go? I don't know. I have no idea where he went, but I love it. I actually read, which I don't know if this is true. I think I read it. (laughs) I think I read it on Wikipedia, but it said that he got so upset that like so many artists tried to, or rappers tried to copy his rap style and his like super quick thing after he like gained popularity that he like shut down and literally quit and like became a telemarketer. I feel like that's not true. There's no way that that is true. Have you seen him anytime lately? (laughs) No, but who do I need to call to like have him pick up the other like, (laughs) is he one of the spam calls we get all the time? He would like to talk to you about your car's extended warranty. (laughs) (laughs) No, but his, his rap on this song is so iconic. He won a Guinness world record for fastest rap with 598 syllables in 55 seconds. I did not know that. It makes total sense though, right? Yeah, it does. I mean, that verse, if you even try, I definitely tried to learn the words back in the day. Could never. I can't talk that. I can't move my mouth that fast. No, there's no, there's no chance. He has a very special talent and anyone who tried to copy him sucks. And it's so rude, but like Twista, come back, come back to rap. We need you. Yeah. Don't telemarket anymore, please. I bet he's really good at it because he's so fast <laughs> that he can then do another call. So true. He's probably top of the sales chain. A hundred percent. He's probably doing all right. Yeah. Okay, fine. Also, wait, oh. I did have this like one part written down 
that they call Twista's part a lyrical tornado. Uh, which it is. Yeah, no, 100%. Perfect phrase for it. I love it. All right. Breathe in, breathe out. Just like a an anthem? Is that a good way to describe it? Yeah. I guess. Well, it's featuring Ludacris, which I feel like all of Ludacris's Ludacris's songs are Ludacris. Yeah, like they're just <laughs> They're just but, very much him. Like he has his own. They all kind of sound like the same. But they're also vibe. like very like shouty. I feel like totally. I need to like yell them. Totally. You know what I mean? Because he's yelling. Like him and Busta Rhymes both. Right. You're just like, why are you shouting at me? Right. I feel and stressed. I, but I'm like, I should also be shouting when yeah. I sing this too. For sure. Um, And that's how I feel about this song. Yeah. And I don't, I don't really know why this one's on the record. I don't really either. I'm not going to lie. You know, I mean, like, I feel like it's, again, very much in keeping with Ludacris, but not so much with Kanye. Yeah. And like, again, his flow on this song, fabulous. So good. But it doesn't really stand out to me. I do think it's interesting that he says, always said if I rapped, I'd say something significant. But now I'm rapping about money, hoes and rims again. So he's like very self-aware that he goes back and forth between talking about the normal rapping things. Right. rap culture <laughs> things and then you know the deep stuff and i feel like throughout this record we've kind of like followed a pattern like it's been an intro we don't care graduation and then talking about getting out of your circumstance and all of this stuff and then you have throw god in there then you're talking about like kind of classes and coming up but it's workout plan whatever and then you have this song and i'm like i don't really understand where it fits in yeah but then you deviate immediately after that back into school spirit yeah it's kind of a weird it's a weird choice i will say but even also even saying that though like content wise going back to slow jams how does that really fit into the i mean i guess it no you're right i don't think it does but it works yeah it doesn't fit but it works right maybe because the the artists of the old school slow jams maybe they didn't go to school maybe they were college dropouts something to think about (laughs) so that being said next we go into like really a chunk of a lot of skits we have school spirit skit number one which is just kanye blabbering for the most part yeah about i don't even know what i don't either really and then you go into school spirit and then you have another skit, another school spirit <laughs> skit. And then you have the little Jimmy skit, which that's a, that's a lot of skits. It <laughs> I don't is know a if lot we need that skits. many skits. Um, I don't really have that much to say about the song school spirit either, but it does sample an Aretha Franklin song and she would only give him clearance to use her song if he had no profanity on it. So it's for sure the only song on this record that doesn't have profanity in it. I still also, that is a good fun fact. I did not know that. I also think it's like very much in keeping with what we were talking about with those like repetitive themes where it's like alpha stamp, omega stamp, and it like gets stuck in your head and you're like, okay, this is very much like a Kanye thing. And also like, I think, in the realm of like black culture too, like fraternities and sororities are yeah. sh- really big. So totally. like an ode to that kind of in this song, it makes sense. I just, again, thought it was in keeping with very Kanye style for like some of his early songs. And it makes sense to me that the song is in there. If that yeah comes full it circle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Um, so yeah, and it's catchy. It is. I will say, like with all these skits at the end, though, it's kind of a weird placement for me because at by this point of the record, you're almost like twenty songs in, almost well, like eighteen songs in at this point. Like you need to keep my attention up, and having three skits with one song in between starts to kind of die down your attention a little bit. A hundred percent. And I like. I didn't love the little Jimmy skit. Like I no. know it's like satirical and and all of that good stuff, and like I know why it's in there, but it just it doesn't do much for me. Yeah, I agree. But then we go into two words, which features most deaf freeway and the boys choir of Harlem. And this was the first song. So on a lot of this album, Kanye worked with this. Um, I don't even know, like, I guess a strings player. Like, I don't know if she's specific to one instrument, but her name is Miri Ben-Ari. And he's worked with her a lot throughout his career. She's also worked with, like, Alicia Keys on Fallen and Twista on Overnight Celebrity. But this was the first song they ever worked together on and, like, started a very close collaboration relationship for them which I thought was interesting but this song basically the whole song is two word phrases which is interesting which is cool yeah I mean again I think it's him being almost hyper intellectual going into the song yeah so now we're back to that like Kanye theme um and like again going with a different sound that's not usually featured on a hip-hop album yeah right and then we have Through the Wire. This is a big one. It's fire. Fire. So this one was the debut single. It is talking about, this is the one he recorded with his jaw wired shut, allegedly. Oh, so this song obviously features or samples Through the Fire by Shaka Khan, which I guess really is more of an interpolation because I assume someone else sang through the wire instead of through the fire. So I assume it's not a direct sample, right? I think so. I would think so. I think so. So because of that, um, David Foster, AKA ex Mr. Yolanda Hadid. (laughs) Correct. Co-wrote this, which I didn't know he did through the fire. I didn't either, but he also is one of those songwriters who's written everything. So many songs yeah, you would never you know. Have you seen his piano? It's just covered with Grammys. It's crazy. It's crazy. But this song, this song is like, basically he took the through the fire sample or portion of the song, pitch shifted it and sped it up, which gave it what they call like the chipmunk soul vibe, which is very much what his signature <laughs> thing has been. So I like didn't I I know what you're talking about, but the, like when you research this album, it talks about like chipmunk soul, yeah. and I like didn't know what that was. Yeah, it's basically like you listen to Alvin and the Chipmunks, and it's basically they take you know someone sings and they pitch shift it yeah, much higher like, in a chipmunky voice. Yeah, that's what he does a lot. But it kind of like it kind of takes songs that you're familiar with and changes them enough where it's like interesting to your ear to hear it still. It's like distorted. Yeah. 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 Which is interesting. Um, This song is very catchy and, you know, obviously is an important theme for him, an important story of, you know, what kicked off 
this whole thing. Yeah. I remember, like, do you remember when you first heard it? Yeah. Because I do. I also, like, didn't know about the accident. And I was just like, oh, this is a cool, like, song, like, talking about all this stuff. But I didn't know that that was, like, real life. See, I think I first heard it back like on MTV and they were doing an interview with him with his jaw wired shut still. And they had video footage of him recording it with his jaw wired shut. And I, I'm like 14, 13 or 14 at this point, I'm freaked out. I'm like so disturbed by the (laughs) fact that they're showing this on TV. But I also was just intrigued and I was like, how is this guy singing? And you know, it's very memorable to me. It's stuck in my brain right forever. It's trauma, but it's okay. (laughs) But I still like this song. It's still a bop. It was his debut single. I think we already said that, but it's kind of an interesting debut single, but I feel like you have to tell the story about who you are. And this is the song that does it. A hundred percent. And they had like probably all of that media attention from it. So why not go, go for it? I kind of feel like this probably could have been placed earlier on in the record. A hundred percent. It would have made more sense. Almost at the beginning. Yeah, for sure. So then we go into family business. You've been jamming to this one. I have. I love this song. It's kind of a weird song, though, because he's just talking about different, like, difficult relationships throughout families and, um, you know, going back and forth between the, going back and forth throughout the album, talking about deep issues, but then also the shallow ones like money, cars, hoes, whatever. This song kind of brings it back like family is what's important. Like I do have my head on straight, even though, you know, I talk about all these things. I know what's important. And so he does tell some of his own like personal family stories throughout this. But another singer on this song, Tere, I think her name is, said in an interview that he wanted real actual stories, but didn't have enough of his own to pull from. And so she was like, I'm one of like 48 grandchildren on my mom's side. So I have tons of stories for you. Oh, wow. So a lot of the stories are specifically pulled from her actual family members, which I thought was interesting. That's cool. I did not know that. I'm learning so much. Yeah. You're the fountain of knowledge. (laughs) So I also loved this phrase in the song. You ain't got to get heated at every housewarming, sitting here grilling people like George Foreman. <laughs> wow. It's also an ode to the times because yeah. that's back when George Foreman girls were like a huge, huge thing. Right. But also like, you know, you've been at a family function where someone gets mad and they're like grilling you about something and you're like, <laughs> Uncle George. Like why? Step off. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. We're just chilling. Like, let me live. <laughs> right. I'm just trying to drink this beer underage. I'm trying to sneak it. hundred so percent. Get away from me. 100%. But yeah, I mean, I guess like just fitting in the theme of the album, I guess this is kind of like regardless of your success in life, like it always your your constant is always going to be your family and you know, you just got to like be there for each other throughout your successes and your failures and everything else, you know. Yeah, deep. It is deep. <laughs> and then we're closing it out with last call. Which is, you know, an iconic last track name, I guess. Totally. But this song just didn't do much for me. I mean, we had paused, but I said, like, the back half of the album really wasn't my favorite. Yeah. I mean, I loved Through the Wire and Slow Jams. But anyway, like, Last Call was just kind of, it was there. I was like, okay, cool. Like, he wrapped this up in a kitschy way. Yeah, we kind of trail off at the end of the album. It's not Mm -hmm. a strong finish, I wouldn't necessarily say. 
this song was supposed to be a Jay-Z song. And he decided not to cut it, so Kanye decided to use it on his record. It samples Mr. Rockefeller by Bette Midler, which is random. But it makes sense because he says, like, Rocka Rockefeller, which, like, he's on Rockefeller Records. Also, he has the line in here, it's funny how wasn't nobody interested till the night I almost killed myself in Alexis. Dang. Yeah. Which is true. Taking that back to the beginning of the album, like, when he created it, people started becoming interested in him after he had this, like, horrific accident for whatever reason um also this line is iconic too i went to the malls and i bawled too hard oh my god is that a black card i turned around and replied why yes but i prefer i prefer the term african-american express (laughs) wow but see he's just like that's what i like about his rap style is his flow is really 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 good but he also just has these really funny turns of phrase and just like almost like punchlines. Oh, a hundred percent. And he like makes almost like a comedy out of it, even though it's not comical. Yeah. I feel like he made it approachable. Like all of these like very difficult themes, I would say approachable probably to a white audience Yeah. versus like some of his other records where he like is like very much like shouting. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. In any way. It does. Um, I feel like his those kinds of lines, too. We've talked about this with Lizzo before. But those kinds of lines that are, like, the gimmicky, like, it's not a black card, it's an African-American express. Those are the kind of lines that are quotable and that, you know, now, probably, now people would put that as their Instagram caption. But back then, that's those are the kind of lines people were putting in their away message on AIM. Oh, 100%. Or their MySpace profile. Yeah. So it's like, that's, and then everyone's like, oh, what's this quote from? Like, oh, I need to listen to that song. Just genius. But then the whole end of this song is so weird. It's like nine minutes long. And six of those minutes are him just telling the story of how he got here. Which is interesting for sure. Just over over the music of the song. Again, it's very on brand for Kanye. Like he interrupts all of his concerts to rant at least for 15 (laughs) minutes about whatever's on his mind. Sounds on So at least like he is consistent. That's true. He is nothing if not consistent. (laughs) Actually, no, he's really not consistent most of the time. But in this situation, yeah, he is. Yeah, the most consistent. But he also, in, in the explanation of how he got here, from starting out producing, he uses the phrase ghost producing, mm-hmm. which I think was interesting because that's a lot of what he was doing is like producing songs for artists, but not being credited on yeah. it because they wanted to say that they were producing it or that their big producer that was a known name was producing it when really like Kanye was yeah, doing, he was it. doing it. Yeah. Which I think happens a lot more than people realize is like, up and coming producers or writers or whatever. It's like, you kind of have to prove yourself for a long time because let's say Jay-Z, I mean, not Jay-Z, but like, let's say a Jay-Z is coming out with a record. If it's produced by someone, no one's ever heard of. No one, no one's going to be as interested in it as they would be if they're like, Oh, it's produced by, you know, this huge, right. Well-known name. So that happens a lot in the rap world too. I feel like it's like a sign of, authenticity because they call people out to you for ghost writers yeah so it's like oh yeah you think you're like writing your own songs but you're not so you have a ghost producer and a ghost writer yeah right all right well that like wraps up this record i think i feel good about this deep dive i feel like i learned a lot me too i learned a lot from you i will i do want to finish with one thing which is 
This was his debut record. He released in 2004, went on on the 2005 Grammy Awards, and won for Best Rap Album. Like, that's insane. That's insane. Also, that acceptance speech is the most... I watched it today. The most iconic acceptance (laughs) speech. Because that is where we got the line. Everybody wanted to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. (laughs) Which now is a TikTok sound, too. Of course it is. I mean... (laughs) Kanye man an icon through and through yeah and speaking of rambling like he walks on stage and he goes you guys better go ahead and get the music ready because I'm gonna talk here for a minute (laughs) which I just died he does not care he really doesn't zero he really really doesn't but this is this just made me nostalgic for this era of Kanye I feel like it was before we've gone through so many just like bothersome been, moments with we've him. been on a roller coaster and i feel like i got whiplash <laughs> and then this is like the beginning of the ride where you're like oh yeah. this will be fun this will well, be great and it makes you remember like why we all fell in love with him as an artist and as a rapper there he was just so unique and something so fresh and still to this day is unique and fresh but i think it's just pure proof of how like the person and the personality can really affect the music. And it's very hard to separate the art from the artist. It's very hard. Because they're usually one and the same. Yeah. Right. So that being said, we're dropping the mic on the college dropout. We're not dropping out of college, though. We're too old. No, we already finished it. Like, yeah, that's how no. old we are. Well, well a while ago. Yeah, we're on to Kanye. You need to do the master's degree album <laughs> or whatever. Continuing education. <laughs> Is that what the olds do? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Nature photography album. <laughs> <laughs> no, now we're like so far out of school that we're like, maybe I'll take a class for fun. Like That's I'm what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Nature photography. Bird watching album. Let me get Can't on wait Skillshare. For <laughs> Find a little course to do on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> That's where we're at. We're old. We're the we're olds old. now. We're the olds. So I hope you youngins enjoyed this one. <laughs> Go listen to College Dropout. Let us know your favorite song from the record. That would be interesting to know. Also, side note, I have this on vinyl. Uh, it slaps I need so it. hard. I need it on vinyl. It slaps. That, I'm putting that on my Christmas list. <laughs> yeah. Done. Done. Slaps. Um, To wrap it up, like, should we, like, what's your favorite Kanye song from this record? Um, probably get him high because I can rap the entire thing. I love that for you. I love it for me too. What's yours? <laughs> if you say family business right now. No, it's not family business. It's honestly a toss up between new workout plan and slow jams. Ooh, I, whoa. Think, I think it's slow jams. I'm not going to lie. Was, I was between get him high or it all falls down. Oh, it all falls down too. It's so fire. I still think it's, I, th- I think it's slow jams, but all falls down. Classic. That like the first couple seconds of it all falls down. Uh, just like everyone stops when it comes on and they're like, what? It's so good. Yeah. Not like that, but you know better. <laughs> okay. Well, we love you all mean it. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to us wherever you Comment. listen to podcasts. Leave us a review and Go follow us on Instagram at musicbuzzpod. We only have like 197 followers and it's actually really sad. So please go follow us. We would really appreciate that. Shout out to our listeners in India. We love you a minute. (laughs) Stay buzzed.